0: My name is River, I am actually the only person that exists on this legit cool podcast. And I wanted to start this as a passion project to really dive into what I love to do most, which is movie reviews, breakdowns, discussions, debates, you name it. And I am going to kick off this episode with the most recent movie that just came out last week and that is the 26th installment of The Marvel Cinematic Universe. i pretty excited to talk about this uh, for one reason that's probably a little bit unpopular at this stage and that is I'm just okay with the movie and obviously we're going to get into that in this episode um, but before I get into the episode I actually just want to explain what I want to do in this podcast. Um, as a kind of precursor to what you would expect to see in this podcast. Um, I'll probably just mention this more and more as I do more episodes just within the first month or so. But um, I want to establish like how I want to talk about these movies, how I want to review them and how I want to end each episode. I'm still kind of discussing with some friends of mine uh that will feature in this podcast in the future there are also some movie nerds and also big marvel nerds as well but i just want to explain how i want to do this okay so uh i want to format this each episode as kind of like a movie structure the classic 3x structure act one act two act three um and in this case of movie reviews i want to first explain my initial impression of the movie uh my my sort of first impressions i guess there's nothing really more to say about that but it's my first impressions of the movie how i felt about it when i left the cinema or as the credits started to roll um and then in the second act i want to dive deep into the details of what i thought was really good what i thought was really bad uh, things that I think they could have worked on or missed opportunities, which is probably what you're going to hear a lot in this Eternals movie. And then in the third act, I want to sort of sum up my impressions, thoughts, and criticism of the movie and give it an overall rating. And I don't have any kind of cool system on how I want to rate these movies. I don't have like a, like a sort of personalized or a customized rating I just will do a classic out of 10 to sort of sum it up. And yeah, that's basically how I want these episodes to go. Okay, so as you would have seen in the show notes on what to expect here as well is that I just want to do movie reviews on um, its entirety. So the review itself, a breakdown of the review, thoughts and ideas, whatever it might be, and then my um sort of a closer uh, uh overall impression and a conclusion to that review okay so let's dive into it um oh and also i'm gonna get into spoilers as well but i'll give a huge warning on what those spoilers will be okay oh sorry when i'm gonna start those spoilers? all right so Let's get into this movie. Um, I just want to explain some facts about the movie, who was directed by... So this is a um, movie that's directed by Oscar winner, Oscar nominee and winner, Chloe Zhao. And Chloe Zhao is a... Well, according to IMDb, Chloe Zhao is a uh, Chinese-born American who... uh, Let's see here. Yeah, sorry. Chinese-born American director... And screenwriter and producer, her debut film were, was "Songs My Brothers Taught Me," premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Her second feature film is "The Writer," which came out in two thousand and seventeen, was critically acclaimed and received several accolades, including nominations for Independent Spirit Award. Um, she most recently won the director's, uh, sorry, Best Director Award, which was for the movie uh, "Nomadland," and a Pretty sure she won Best Picture for that movie, too. I saw that movie. I thought it was okay. I didn't think it deserved uh, those Oscar awards, but that's another discussion for another time. And uh, the movie Eternals is... Marvel Studios features... Sorry, I'm just going to read the overview that Marvel.com is saying about what the movie is. It features an exciting new team of superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, ancient aliens who have been living on Earth in secret for thousands of years, Following the events of Avengers Endgame, an unexpected tragedy forces them out of the shadows to reunite against mankind's most ancient enemy, the Deviants. All right, so that's just the basic synopsis of the movie. It obviously doesn't go into the surprise or the spoilers, um, the turn of events that happens within the Eternals, which I'm going to speak about later as well. The cast stars Angelina Jolie, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, Kamal Nanjiani, Lauren Ridolph, Brian Tyree Henry, Summer Hayek, Leah McHugh, Don Lee, and Kit Harington. Whew. It's a huge cast. Ten superheroes, to be exact, with the inclusion of obviously Kit Harrington and some other characters which we'll speak about mostly in the spoilers review. All right, so starting off with um, quote-unquote Act 1, or my first impressions of the movie when I left. I've seen this movie three times now and I thought my second and third viewing might change my impressions of the movie the first time around, but it didn't. If anything, it just amplified what I liked about it and what I disliked about it. My first impressions of this movie was, it's fine, it's okay. It's not a great Marvel movie in my eyes. Um, well, it's not a great movie, so to speak. Uh, it's, it, it's fine. It's an okay movie. There's nothing really tragically bad about it, but there's also nothing really tragically good about this movie. Um, I thought that this movie had a lot of potential, definitely had a lot of missed opportunities. I did think that they took big swings, but they suffered some big misses with those swings they established like a very big canvas in this movie and they and a, and a lot of what you're going to hear from critics uh, critics or just fans criticizing the movie is that it's a very ambitious story now although i agree that it is a very ambitious story it's not like it's it's difficult to understand what's going on i think what most people th- what most people are saying about its ambition in the movie as as far as storytelling goes is they present some really big ideas that open up the doors for Phase 4 and Phase 5. Now, and for for a lot of people that are uh, sort of deep in the lore of the MCU universe, MCU universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a lot of people that are nerds like myself will understand what that means when it comes to opening up the floodgates. For phase four and five. Now, I do believe that not. Sorry, not uh, what I, I do believe. I I do think that the tapestry in which Chloe Zhao presents with opening up for phase four and five, and this movie being somewhat of a setup for those phases, it's great. Yes, ambitious such a large scope and beautifully shot with the mixture of visual effects and um, practical effects or just practical filming, I think it's pretty amazing. I think she's done a great job at displaying all of that and I love it. And it's it's definitely sort of a big MCU nerd moment for myself and all the other MCU nerds too. I don't know how regular audiences are going to appreciate that i think they might appreciate the grand scope in which she is trying to display uh but i don't think it's going to hit the same way that it does for mcu fans and in a way it's a little strange how it's supposed to be in kind of one consistent scale Cons- consistent scale what am i trying to say here I guess like whatever these big ideas are and a massive sort of exposition dump that happens with these big ideas, it's really hard to see how this fits consistently with the story is probably what I'm trying to say. Okay, so that's kind of my initial impression. So it's it's not like I, I really dislike the movie, um, but I neither did really like the movie. I think it's just okay, right? And I think my first rating that I gave it was 7 out of 10. And sort of thinking back at my first impression or my first screening, I think I'm a little bit generous when I give 7 out of 10. Probably pretty unpopular opinion, but uh, I think a lot of critics are very divided. Like, it seems like it's sort of 50-50. People like it or people dislike it. I don't think they're very extreme ends. I don't think a lot of people that do like it are saying that it's the most amazing Marvel movie they've seen. Um, and also on the other side, which is the side that I'm on, I don't think people really hate the movie. I think they just like really dislike it, which is a little bit different there. So yeah, that's my first impressions of the movie and talking to some of my friends, especially my MCU friends, uh, they like a couple of them are saying, uh, sort of the same thing as me, or they feel the same way about the movie. Uh, the same as me. And then I have other MCU friends who are like, no, I loved it. I thought it was really good, and it's got this, this, and this, and it sort of ticked off these boxes that I really enjoyed about the movie, and I really love the movie. So for me to say that I love the movie is is a straight-up lie. I do like it. Didn't love it. Mm. Thought that there's so many things they could work on, uh, such as character development, sort of the presentation of characters and... Uh, the presentation of uh, stories, plural, by the way, there isn't just one story that happens in this, but there's a couple of different stories that happen simultaneously and some reveals that also play out in the movie too, which I'll get into the spoilers uh, a little bit later. But uh, I think they just fell flat on introducing these characters by way in which we're supposed to care about them. I think the introduction is, is fine for the characters, but for us to get a sense of connection to the characters, I never got that. Some people are saying they did. I really didn't get that. And when you look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, a big part of the reason why we love these movies and this universe is because of the characters that we fell in love with, uh, Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Thor, Hulk, all these sort of original six characters that started phase one all the way up until phase three, that characters that we fell in love with over time, sure. But even their first movies that introduced their characters, they showed an arc from that was quite complete in my eyes from beginning to end. That's the first Iron Man movie, which was a showstopper for a lot of people. People weren't expecting Iron Man to be that good. And I think Robert Downey Jr. couldn't be any more perfect for the role. Of Tony Stark and his arc throughout the film goes from being I mean this is actually not even Iron Man <laughs> review but I don't know why I'm talking about this but uh what I'm saying is that his arc goes from sort of point a to b and by the end of the movie we care a lot about his character or at least I did and I, I'm pretty sure the vast majority of fans agree with that statement as well uh whereas for the Eternals They set themselves up for failure, in my opinion. Uh, They were pretty ambitious of trying to introduce 10 characters, more than half of them being super famous. And I think because of their fame and caliber of movies, they've gone through their talent and just uh, share fame, that's kind of carrying the movie forward a little bit rather than the characters themselves. To introduce 10 characters, you need ample screen time, and Unfortunately, uh, this movie just suffers under the weight of 10 characters at a runtime of 2 hours and 37 minutes, I believe it is. Something like that. Yeah, I'm just going to verify that here. Anyway, that's not really that important, but it's, it's, it's almost a three-hour movie, but this movie could have done a lot better with maybe a four-hour runtime, which... We all know it's not very realistic to do a four-hour movie. As much as us Marvel nerds want to see a four-hour Marvel movie, I don't think that's going to bode well with the rest of the moviegoers out there. So it just suffered under its own weight of trying to do a lot of exposition, introduce 10 characters, attempt to get us to fall in love with them, even though they didn't have enough screen time individually because there's so many of them. It just, it was really unfortunate. And uh, you, you might be thinking, why didn't they just introduce five? I agree. I think they should have just introduced five characters or four solid characters that we can actually go on a journey, learn about their backgrounds, learn about some of the struggles that they could possibly go through. And then how they come how they sort of overcome those struggles by the end of the movie i.e character arc we never got to see that that's really really unfortunate and it bums me as a as a mcu fan it bums me to say that this movie's not great not that like every single mcu movie is spectacular like there are some that are quite bad um thought of the dark world to name a few or the incredible hulk movie they're not great movies they're actually pretty bad and i'm not gonna say the turtles falls that low it's definitely better than those movies i just mentioned but it's it doesn't make the top 10 for me and that's really unfortunate i was expecting this movie to do far better than what i saw and what i experienced which is a bit of a shame so, yeah, that's kind of my my first impressions. I would say that's act one of this uh, three-part review. All right, so let's get into some deep discussions about this. Mm, discussions, I'm the only person here. So <laughs> let me get into some detail about what I enjoyed in this movie and what I didn't like in this movie, and this is going to be spoiler heavy. All right, so if you're listening to this and all you really wanted to hear was my impression spoiler free then at this moment i'll say pause and come back to the episode once you've seen the movie and then we can see you can you can hear for yourself whether uh your thoughts and opinions about the movie line up with mine or if it doesn't that's okay um you can we can sort of share each other's ideas and opinions about this movie in depth right about now okay so i want to go into what I didn't like about this movie first I'll get that out of the way and I'll get into the things that I did like this is probably not a norm for a lot of people to hear I think a lot of reviewers like to do what they sorry like to talk about what they really liked about the movie before getting into the negatives but I'm actually going to start with the negatives because let's get that out of the way and then we'll get into the positives all right so like I was saying before in the beginning. Uh, what i think this movie really failed on which was the introduction of the characters um the the way they introduce these characters right they there's a big point in the movie which you find out that it's it's kind of what i suspected to happen this movie because i know a little bit about the characters in the comics um And you find out later that these Eternals are just fancy robots, quote-unquote fancy robots. This is what uh, Kamal Kamal Nanjiani's character says in the movies. So we're like fancy robots because they find out themselves that they're actually just robots. They're just kind of these sentient-type robots that exist for the sole purpose of the Celestials to be born into a new existence while wiping out the current planet that they're on. And in this case, it's Earth. So I wasn't too surprised by that because I figured this is going to go somewhat in the vein of the comics. The comics, they're not exactly fancy robots. They are an experiment um, that are conducted by the celestials uh, to the first human beings that exist on Earth, which is a little bit different to the movies, but uh the mcu decided that they wanted to go in direction to say that um the eternals are created by them in this weird kind of uh it's not really a planet it's kind of like a spaceship i can't even remember what they what um the celestial Ashram says but it's sort of the the eternals are made in the in this kind of uh, area <laughs> where they were made for a specific purpose that only the prime eternal Ajax knows about and doesn't reveal until later on in the movie to icarus who is somewhat the two ic to Ajax and to the rest of the eternals so Ajax is like the prime eternal played by summer hayek which is also a massive disappointment because I wanted to see more of AJ, but AJ actually just dies right at the beginning of the movie. And we find out later that Icarus was the person responsible for Ajax's death, which was kind of crap to be honest, because Samahai is such a big actor, she brings a lot to the table, and we didn't even get to see much of her, which is a big disappointment. Um, so yeah, we we find out later that these guys are just fancy robots and they're here for one purpose. And that is to preserve um, or be ready for the emergence. Like they talk about this in the trailer, the emergence, and I sort of figured that it was going to be to do with the celestial. Turns out I'm, I was right. Um, they were there for the sole purpose of the celestial Tiamut to be, to emerge out of earth from harvesting all the energy that come from human beings or, uh, icarus later says like oh actually it's not icarus i think it's fastos he says um so we're basically sent here to harvest human beings and then icarus sort of responds by saying uh well that's a little bit bleak but he's kind of right um <laughs> that's exactly why celestials were brought i uh, sorry Eternals were brought to earth now This actually unfolded to be more problematic or added to the issues that I had with the movie by trying to have a sense of connection with these characters. They, When we find out that they're just there for that reason, it actually furthers this issue of not connecting with them because we just never get a chance to unfold these characters over the 7,000 year period that these characters exist on earth for and it sort of just adds to the multitude of issues that i had with this movie such as like well where were where were they in certain events that were pretty important in the mcu or shaped the um the Uh, the world moving forward after those major events throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe, such as, like, the first Avengers attack... Sorry, the first attack on New York, uh, which is the first Avengers movie in 2012, then Infinity War, Endgame, uh, all these kind of really important events, they failed to show how they could have helped out when they only really showed that they did help out in major events previously because of the Deviants getting involved. But like for example, Fastos was was, uh, the influence or the person behind the Hiroshima. It's a massive event in human history and they show that he was partly responsible for producing the technology for them that resulted in an unfortunate event known as the Hiroshima. That's got nothing to do with the Deviants at all. So Eternals are interfering with human uh human experiences and human conflict but yet they don't show how the eternals could have somewhat intervene or help out with the events that happen in an endgame endgame or infinity war or the first avengers movie like that doesn't quite make sense to me i get that they were on a mission to only intervene if deviants were involved but why go through the effort of telling us well, we're involved, well, fastas was involved with Hiroshima um, and why go through the effort of explaining that but yet say nothing about the major events which arguably the in-game event is far greater than the Hiroshima event. I don't understand why. And sort of f- further to that the Chloe Zhao shows us that the Eternals were sort of placed in these different time periods that were quite important because Deviants were interfering with human, uh, humans at the time or attacking humans, so to speak. Um, every time she showed us that Eternals were doing certain things in these time periods, they, she only really showed us the end of these events, didn't show us what happened from the beginning to the middle to the end of these events. That pretty big events. And that's to me, is like a missed opportunity to show how these characters are going on this journey to relinquish or to solve the big issue of these events. They, She only really showed us the end of it. And I'll go back to the example of Festus uh, being a part of Hiroshima. That would have been a great scene for us to learn more about his character and how he dealt with the whole situation. But all we really see is is him on the battlefield or sort of the field in which the explosion just also post-explosion and whatever, he's just standing there and he's crying and Ajak, Salma Hayek's character, comes up to him and all he says is, um, I I thought I could help humans, but it turns out humans, or actually I'm just paraphrasing it, and I'm just going to butcher the whole line. <laughs> it turns out he just says, like, I don't, I don't have any faith in humanity anymore because look at what they've done with the technology that I helped them with, right? But that's all he really says. It's just him at the end of the event that he was a part of. So it's, it's problematic because it would have been great to see him go through that whole motion of introducing the technology, interacting with these human beings, these scientists and and experts in the field of weaponry or whatever show him build a relationship with them and show us how the relationship was going to turn sour eventually when Hiroshima happened that to me is a missed opportunity and all they really did was just show us the end and then more to his character as he sort of gets a relationship he's in a gay relationship with another with another guy and also has a adopted son that's just it just they just show us that that happens but they don't show us how they actually meet or how he has how the relationship is gradually building over time they just he just says what happens with the relationship which is it's it's disappointing because how am i supposed to feel for this character and the importance of the relationship when you're just showing us the end of it and just talking about it and that kind of sort of is a repeat across all the other issues in this movie when it comes to learning about these characters these characters are just speaking about things that they're frustrated about speaking about things that they could have been involved in or, or speaking about things that they really uh, sort of, I don't know, enjoyed or something throughout the human history. That's all they really do is just talk about it. They never show us. It's really frustrating. (laughs) So when people are saying, when some people are saying that they really enjoyed the characters and it was very emotional and mature, I'm hearing some of these, sort of positive criticisms about it, I just don't see it. I don't understand how people are saying that when we didn't even see it. All we hear is them talking about it. And I think this is what a lot of people are saying uh, when it comes to an exposition dump. They're pretty right about that. I would have to agree is that the whole thing is a massive exposition dump through dialogue and never really showing us. Yeah, so that's that's what I think is like the or some of the biggest issues that I have with this movie. The other okay, I'm just gonna actually talk about one more issue and then we'll get into some positives because uh, there are some positives. There are some things that I really really enjoyed in this movie. Uh, the last thing I would say is that these characters in the in the comics they're very uninteresting. They're very boring. They don't have cool backgrounds or anything. There's nothing that makes you want to connect with them. In the comics, the same way that, like, the X-Men do or the, or the Avengers or what have you, the Eternals in the comics are pretty boring. We don't know much about them, and we just don't really care about them. And their powers are quite insignificant when it comes to the X-Men Fantastic Four Avengers. Uh their original purpose of coming to Earth in the comics is that they're going to protect them from deviants, which is what happens in the movie as well, but there's obviously another story that um, undercuts it um, sort of halfway through the movie, but the their whole purpose is to, to protect them from deviants, but their purpose kind of becomes irrelevant over time because there's powerful people or, you know, human beings that evolve over time, such as, like, the the human beings that Uh, were infected with the mutant gene i.e x-men okay so humans just became more powerful and became uber powerful more powerful than the Eternals. so they are just irrelevant and just didn't mean anything in the comics and so the unfortunate thing is that the this movie the eternals kind of does the same thing like these eternals are not crazy powerful they're definitely not more powerful than like captain marvel for example or the incredible hulk or thor these characters are far more powerful and they end up being the protectors of earth and the eternals that just don't mean anything over history <laughs> so i guess in saying that it didn't really matter that there were they weren't involved in the events of infinity one Endgame. game Um, So, yeah, it was kind of a missed opportunity. And they could have made these characters far more interesting if they gave them some depth to their characters by showing how the events of the MCU affected them. This movie went out of its way to be a non... Sort of a quote-unquote non-Marvel movie. It went out of its way to do that. And I think it's cool when you have fresh look and a fresh idea from... A fresh pair of eyes like Chloe Zhao to present us a different type of movie from its um, cinematography to its camera work to its use of practical and visual special effects to the demonstration of characters and introductions of those characters. I think that's great that, that Marvel can do that or a new director can do that, but it was so far removed from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you just had no idea that these guys were, are a part of the MCU which to me is a bit of a letdown um it does actually more damage to the movie and its involvement in the mcu more than what that's intending to do if that makes sense so yeah just uh, it had some big bold swings at the movie and it just didn't land it unfortunately right let's get into some positives okay so one thing that i not one thing okay so uh, one of my first things that i loved about this movie was the display of the celestials the celestials are oh, oh, they are everything i expected it them to be and more In the comics, the Celestials are depicted as these larger-than-lives or sort of the the size of planets and and whatnot, god-like beings in the comics. And I think a lot of the comics do a great job at illustrating the power and the scope of Celestials. And What Chloe Zhao did with the Celestials in this movie was just perfect. And probably better than the display in the comics, Um, which you probably don't want to do comparisons there because in movies, you just have the benefit of visual effects and modern technology for that. So the way that she displayed the Celestials, huge, massive scope. And I love the way they scaled it between the size of an Eternal and the size of a Celestial. Absolutely magnificent, perfect visual effects. Couldn't have asked for anything better. I thought that was great the exposition dialogue that Arsham has with cersei um, when we discover what the purpose of celestials are what the purpose of eternals are i think that whole exposition period is awesome and i love it as an mcu fan that i guess that that to me is probably the only part of the movie that feels mcu and it's freaking amazing i don't think that's gonna go well with sort of the non-MCU fans because to them they're going to be like what okay there's these big fancy robots that exist within the galaxies and they invented earth and and they have these kind of crazy reasons to um, demolish planets uh, which is sort of up for philosophical debate or whatever Um, which actually that's another great thing I like about this movie is that it has a lot of different themes it has a lot of philosophical themes it has a lot of sort of um uh questions about why or how humans exist uh, the meaning of life all that type of stuff i think it's great that it that it introduces a lot of those themes and gets you as a viewer to think more about these philosophical meanings which is great um so yeah th- those are some great positives i actually think that the cinematography is probably some of the best cinematography in out of all the mcu films uh which to be honest is actually not that hard i think there's only maybe a handful of mcu films that have great cinematography in my opinion but uh the way she shot this movie with the color palette the tone the the use of camera work and the clarity and the focus from shot to shot was perfect I loved it a lot, and I loved the direction. Just given the tone, I loved the direction that Chloe was wanting to go. And I was really excited for the story to unfold, but um, as you already know, the story didn't unfold in the way I wanted it to. (laughs) So yeah, the cinematography, amazing. The music, the score, I think was great. Uh, not with the addition of some of the um, song choices, sort of the extra song choices, obviously aside from the musical score. Wasn't a big fan of those song choices, but the musical score itself that sort of hangs in the balance of storytelling and character development, well, the lack of character development, (laughs) uh, was great. It was really, really good. I don't know who the musicals... um, uh, sorry the composer of the movie was or who the music was from can't tell you that right now but it was great and i really enjoyed that part um and unfortunately i've only got one thing one other thing that i really like about this movie and this is actually another MCU nerd tidbit and that is the post-credit scene not the mid-credit scene but the post-credit scene i completely nerded out and i shouted on the screen in the movie theater and the people around me were a little bit confused because they had no idea what that end credit scene meant and there's sort of a disembodied voice that says a line are you sure you're ready for that mr whitman i'm pretty sure that's the exact line (laughs) um and yeah i nerded out at that moment because i knew exactly who that voice was and it's funny because like when i'm when I'm looking or reading some of the reviews about the post credit scene from fans, MCU fans, and not maybe not so much MCU fans, and even watching some of the YouTube reviews, uh, a lot of people got that voice wrong. I actually thought it was so obvious. I thought everybody would know who that voice was. But apparently not everybody, like not even all the nerds picked up that it was that voice. Now, who was that voice that I'm talking about? Okay, so if you're at this point of the review and and you're ready to hear the spoilers, I've already said a lot of spoilers, but this is a huge one for uh, the future MCU properties coming out in the next couple of years or so. I hope it's earlier. If you're unfamiliar with who that voice was, I'll tell you now, that voice is from Mahershala Ali, who is going to be playing Blade. Yes, Blade. So <laughs> Mahershala Ali's voice is very distinct to me. Very, very obvious. So that's why like I I kinda shouted it. I'm pretty sure I shouted it. Like I shouted Blade first and then I said that's Mahershala Ali's voice. And my mate Jim, who's also MCU nerd, he we both watched it on opening night, he said, Yeah, oh my gosh, that's Mahershala Ali. And I was like, was I think we both picked it up straight away, which was such a nerd gasm moment. Oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> um Yeah, so apparently it's not that obvious to other nerds. Who knows? Uh, Maybe everybody was just a little bit hyped about that scene at the end. Who knows? I I don't know. But um, yeah, that whole scene is actually really about Dane Whitman, the character played by Kit Harington, um, and how he becomes the character Black Knight in the comics. Uh, And I haven't actually read too much about the Black Knight in the comics. I've heard from readers that he's a not he's not a very interesting character in the comics, <laughs> which I think this is actually great for Marvel to do stuff like this is take maybe uninteresting characters from the comics and fully realizing them on the sc- on on screen as more interesting characters. Unfortunately, they didn't do that with the journals, but uh, I'm hoping that Black Knight is going to be a really crazy, interesting character. And, I guess as you've already seen what he does with that blade, that blade is actually called the ebony blade and it's cursed. Anybody who uh, yields, anybody who wields that blade is cursed with the same curse, which is that once you kill somebody with the ebony blade, you have a lust for more blood. So lust to kill more people, good and bad. It's a little bit ambiguous. So, it's uh, kind of the opposite of meoneer. Meoneer is bringing the good out of you, and you're wanting to use the good. Oh, sorry, you're wanting to use meoneer for the good, um, and you have to be worthy to do that. Whereas the ebony blade is kind of the opposite to that. It brings up all the evil parts of yourself, and and sort of makes an honest person out of whoever's going to be holding the blade. And so, there's a curse, and I like the I like how they use that piece of visual effects. It's kind of like a gooey substance that looks very similar to this uh symbiote from uh for venom but uh, it's probably not it it just looks a little bit like that and when his hand goes close to it that le- sort of gooey texture starts to latch onto him and that's when marish Lee's character says are you sure you're ready for that mr whitman oh what a great scene probably like one of the most hype scenes out of the old movie unfortunately But loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Great way. But it is a little bit disconnected to the movie itself. It's kind of random. Like if you're a regular moviegoer and you see that scene, you're like, I don't care about this character that Harrington is playing. I don't care about the character that just said something. Uh, That's kind of unfortunate, but it's obviously these uh, stingers is what Kim Feige calls them, stingers in credit scenes. They're pretty much just for the MCU nerds like myself who just gasmed over it. Yeah, that's a little bit crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's just all I really thought about the movie. Uh, and I'm just going to summarize it just in this third act of this whole episode in the Legit Cool podcast. Uh, I'm going to summarize by saying the movie is okay. It's it's a good addition to the MCU. I'm not going to say that it's it doesn't deserve to be in the MCU because I think it definitely does. It doesn't make my top 10 out of the 26 movies, not including the TV series on Disney+. Plus. Out of the 26 movies, it doesn't make my top 10. I'm still unsure on where it sort of ranks for me. It might be like 15, 14, but um, I'm going to actually do sort of an updated ranking of all the MCU films, maybe after Spider-Man No Way Home, which is coming out in December. I might just... Do my MCU ranking after that, and then which is probably a good segue into the new year. Uh, I think the first movie for Marvel in the new year is probably Doctor Strange. They've recently ch- like shifted the release dates for the MCU movies coming out next year. Um, so yeah, I might just do a ranking there, but I think at this stage, Eternals probably sits at a 15-14th ranked out of the 26. Okay. Didn't love it, liked it. Good introduction, great way to open up the floodgates for Phase 4 and 5. Awesome job on the Celestials, great job on uh, the way it's shot. It's beautifully shot, great use of cinematography and the mixture of visual effects and practical practical effects. Uh, Cool that we got to see some new characters, but I'm not all that psyched about them, and it's unfortunate because I'm not really that excited to see them in... Eternals 2 or whatever other movie they decide to do for the Eternals. I don't... Like, there is probably definitely going to be a sequel for Eternals. I don't think they're going to call it Eternals 2 because um, I think they're going to be involved in different events that doesn't actually focus on the Eternals as such. I think they're going to be involved in bigger events. And who knows what those movies might be. um, But... Yeah, that's, that's that's my review for Eternals. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, I'd love to hear what everybody uh, thinks about this movie. Let me know what you think about the MCU at this stage. Uh, we're in phase four right now uh, with the addition of the Disney Plus series, WandaVision, Captain Captain America, <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki. Love Loki, by the way. My favorite TV series of the last i don't know five years or so and what the what of series which just finished recently let me know what you think about eternals being a part of the tapestry of the mcu um if there are any other movies that you want to want me to review out there feel free to just drop them in the comments or message me Uh, i might have my email here somewhere i'm not sure where to be honest this is my first one um but yeah let me know what you think um I'm gonna create some social media profiles, such as Instagram. Maybe do a Twitter. Not really sure about that one. Um, and I'll do a Facebook page as well. But I'll start off with a Instagram page. But thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you dropping in. Uh, this has always been a passion project of mine, and all my friends have been telling me for the last I don't know ten years or so to do a podcast. Why haven't you done a podcast? You should be because all you do is just talk about movies whether even outside of the MCU um I just love movies in general so now I'm here first episode thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you again in the next episode bye